It is 12.05, back, Dr. Painshaw, and a beautiful, brisk, but uh, shiny and sunny Saturday afternoon. Here is just after 12 o'clock, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Dr. Lou is here to answer your pain questions. You got concerns, health concerns, bring them on. That's what he's here for for the next hour. Uh, outside of the show, of course, one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, info at paincarecanada.com. Free consultations, that's where it all starts. With the uh, with the consultation, we look back or at least look ahead to a few cases you're either working on or have been working on. What's uh, what's going on, pal? Yeah. Not too much, John. How are Good, you? Good, man. Good. Yeah, a um, lot, um, lot of uh, numbness, tingling that I've been seeing lately, right. for sure. I don't know for whatever reason. I do seem to notice in practice that when uh, we have season changes, uh, there's a lot of numbness, tingling. Uh, types of cases that coming in and obviously whether it's numbness and tingling in the hands or the feet Um, but what's been very very interesting is I've picked up a lot of uh, you know when I always when I always break down the neurological system you can break it down into two things you can break it down into the central nervous system which is the brain and the spinal cord Mm -hmm. right and then the peripheral nervous system which are the nerves after the spinal cord and those are the ones that we commonly think are affected but sometimes when you have central nervous system problems whether it's you know, some type of a cyst in the in the spinal cord or some type of neurodegenerative disease in the brain, it can affect the peripheral nervous system and, and the extremities, cause, right? Yeah, and cause yeah. these similar changes that we would expect, like numbness and tingling, pins and needles, uh, sensory deficits in other ways, uh, motor deficits. And I've been seeing a ton of people who uh, have some type of neurological symptom are coming in and we're doing our full neurological exam with them and we're picking up problems that are located in the central nervous system. And and that's a big concern, right? So a lot of times people assume that when they have numbness or tingling or pins and needles that it, it's probably, you know, the most common thing I hear is, is it a pinched nerve? And that's yeah, all they're course. thinking, is it a pinched nerve? And you know what? In a good case scenario, that's what you want it to be. A peripheral uh, problem would be something like a disc herniation or a tight muscle or like a carpal tunnel syndrome, right. things like that. We've all heard those things. Those are peripheral nervous system issues. And peripheral nervous system issues are, you know, if you had to choose, are much better than having a central nervous system problem, like in a multiple sclerosis or an ankylosis or an ALS. Uh, and so a lot of the times the different... Um, ways that these things can manifest in the peripheral nervous system, they could be picked up through simple examination techniques that could be done in a, in a in an office. You don't necessarily need a big MRI machine or a CAT scan machine to assess the brain because there's a lot of specific neurological testing that can be done that can pick up if the issue is uh, located in the peripheral nervous system okay. or in the central nervous system. And so, again, when things are located in the spinal cord in the brain, that's when they're a little bit more concerning, right? Uh, not always. Sometimes certain things uh, can be dealt with easier than others, but definitely when you're dealing with a central nervous system problem, that's something that needs to be identified quickly. And a lot of the times, because these uh, signs and symptoms between central nervous system problems and peripheral nervous system problems uh, are so similar, people just dismiss them for a very long time that, oh, it's just a pinch nerve. Oh, yeah. I, it's just a tight muscle. Yeah, it's I'll just cope. this. That's right. And they live with you know, months to years of this issue, not realizing that if it is potentially something neurodegenerative, then had you got it looked at 
sooner you start the treatment intervention for that problem sooner, which makes your prognosis better. When we look right. at, at prognosis, one of the things that we look at is how soon did you start the treatment intervention after the problem started? And so, and that's why chronic issues, I always say, are so much harder to deal with uh, than something that's acute because it's obviously been going on for longer. And so this is the issue. When you have numbness and tingling, pins and needles sensation, a burning sensation, all these different types of neurological signs and symptoms, it's not enough to just dismiss it and say, oh, it's it's just a pinched nerve. It's it, It'll get better. Come in, get it checked out. It's very, very simple. I can do a complete neurological exam on almost anybody, anybody. And that neurological exam can very quickly pick up if there's things that are more concerning uh, that that need to be investigated further. And at least you can have peace of mind that if you are experiencing something like that, that it's not something that's overly serious, like a neurodegenerative disorder. The seasonal change thing is weird, though. Yeah, it like, is. Why is that a factor? It's hard to say. I don't know that there's any concrete evidence to suggest why it's a factor. I just think, um, you know, when, when, we, when I try to think of it theoretically is our bodies like to adapt to anything. It's the very reason why when you're trying to lose weight, if you keep doing the same thing, you adapt. Our bodies like adapting to environments. It conserves energy when you do that, right? right. And if you base it on Darwin's theory of everything should be about energy conversation, uh, um, conservation, conservation, it makes the most sense that that's why we would just adapt to certain uh, climates. And as you now start to change into another climate, well, now things start to change. Your body starts to respond to that. And, you know, we're, we're, we're often going from cold to hot. Um, and so that change obviously affects even from a, a biochemical perspective, our body, the way uh, molecules move and react. And so uh, I've met tons of people that are you know, not necessarily born here in, in Ontario and Toronto, uh, but are from other places in the world. And when they go back home and visit, it's not uncommon for me to hear, oh, I was back home and back home might be a nice, beautiful, warm climate. And they say I was back home in Jamaica or wherever mm-hmm. it was, and I had no pain. I felt great. I felt, I felt amazing. Yeah. Uh, but as soon as I came here, I feel it again. I think it's the weather. Now, it could be the weather. could also be psychological because yeah. going on a vacation is obviously uh, nice and coming back here to reality where you have mortgage payments and work to do <laughs> that's right. uh, is a little bit more stressful. And so that's very, very important is understanding the psychological component of that as well. But I do believe that our climate, uh, because of how... Uh, drastic the changes can be you know sometimes day to day like the other day 29 and yeah, 17 yeah exactly Crazy. so so those drastic changes definitely are going to be felt in your body um and and so that's a lot of the times what we see and for whatever reason i've noted it in practice myself and i know a lot of my colleagues have noted it that in these periods of changes we start to see that pain uh either increases or, or increases in certain areas uh for whatever reason so I, i'm not sure that there's a good uh, evidence-based answer for it, but that's kind of my theoretical, hypothetical yep. uh, reason for it, yeah. We'll take a, a short one. Your phone calls, bring them on. We'd love to uh, to talk to you. Pain concerns, health concerns here. The phone lines are open until uh, till 1 o'clock this afternoon. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on sale. You want to get a hold of Dr. Lou, it's simple. Info at paincarecanada.com. Get that free consultation happening. 1-855-821. Pardon me. One eight five five eight five five. Doctor Lou. Jeez, I'll get it on one of these days. It's been a long day, son. More coming up. Hang on. Twelve sixteen. Doctor Payne show. Uh, free consultation. One eight five 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 five. Doctor Lou. D R L O U. Info at paincarecanada.com. And of course, the phone lines here at the radio station are uh, ready to go until one o'clock. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on your cell. Robert. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Good, sir. What's going on with you? 
Well, I'll give you a little bit of history. Uh, I had my lower back fused up in 2000. I had my neck fused up in 2003. They went through the front. And to top it off, I March 31st, uh, 2015, I was moving something up my back, uh, my basement stairs. I fell down, and I broke my neck. Ah, oh, jeez, man. So I had surgery for that as well. Wow. Three surgeries. Three surgeries. Okay, and now what? Well, I'm still getting a lot of residual pain from my neck. Right, yeah. Where... Uh, I'm sorry. So they they did uh, they fused your your uh, your cervical spine. You said yes, did yeah. What level? Then I broke my neck, and then they had to operate again. Sure. What level did they fuse originally? Uh, C three and four, I believe. Okay, and then what area did you break? Um, I fractured uh, uh, vertebrae above that. Okay. And I also dislocated T one. T1, okay, so above and below. Yeah, so anytime, so here's the issue with uh, surgery for pain. Whenever you look at spine surgery, spine surgery is important, and what I'll say is two main things. Impairment of function, so if you can't move or whatever reason, uh, and and there's, you know, uh, an impingement on the nerve that's really bad, and you got to get the pressure off just so you can get some mobility back, surgery is very good. And then otherwise, if there's neurological impairment, when the nerve is being compressed so much by something that it's starting to damage the extent of that nerve, so it's causing loss of muscle mass or strength, uh, bad sensory problems, loss of reflex, things like that. That's usually a good indication for surgery. The unfortunate reality about surgery is it does good things on, on you know, if there's an impairment in function or impairment in neurological uh, function. It sometimes doesn't do very much for pain. And in fact, long term, uh, there can be pain being created in other areas. So whereas you may have had pain originally at C3-4, uh, and then they go in and fuse it, even if we eliminate the fact that you fractured um, other areas, and let's just stick with trying to keep it simple, that those areas, once you fuse that C3-4 area, well, now C2-3 and C4-5 have to move Compensate, a little bit right? more. Yeah, yeah they're, there's they're, the, they're, they're doing the work for the others. Yeah. Exactly, and that compensation. Now, see, the, the, the joints of the body kind of want to work on a spectrum where there's you can have people not enough movement in a joint and way too much movement in a joint and so we we often call that something like hypermobile or very very tonic uh and somewhere in the middle is where you would want now the spine because of how complex it is and how many different joints are at every level and then looking at it as a whole unit once you eliminate the the movement in one area other areas pick up that that slack and start moving a lot more. So now you have an area that's moving a lot less, which we just said is not good. And then you have a bunch of areas moving a lot uh, too much, right which to we it. also said yeah. is not good. And so you remove that harmony of that balance. And so that's been the, the long-term issue with um, when they used to go in and kind of fuse uh, discs and things like that, um, is that it's still there's still going to be a pain component likely because of how many things change from a compensation standpoint. Uh, okay. But does that mean that you, you know you can never have your pain to a manageable level? No, that's not the case. The key to when these things are done is how do you then find the harmony? Right. And usually the answer to that key is the rehabilitation component, the proper. Well I'll tell you, as far as rehab goes, um, I tried the uh, the clinical rehab, and all they did was give me a bunch of, which I call sissy exercises to do. Yep. And tell you the truth, when I went on my own and started, because I used to be I used to be a competitive hockey player, and because I I hit the weights, I I started building, I I, I hit that pain threshold, and then I pushed myself through. Mm-hmm. 
and go as far yeah. as far as far as far as I could. Yeah. And I, what I noticed was that that pain threshold would move up the scale hmm. on its own if I did that. Right. So I've managed it, you know, as best as I possibly can. Because if you, if you looked at me, you'd say right away, "Well, this guy works out," mm-hmm. just by looking at me. But having said that. I still get a lot of like debilitating residual pain, uh, which is uh, from the surgery, I believe. Right. I mean, they, they, they can't fix everything. No, they can't. And so, and another issue becomes, you know, the important thing with clinical rehabilitation is yes, in the beginning, it may seem, uh, especially to someone who's used to doing much more intense things, it yeah. may seem like it's not doing enough. But the key with rehabilitation is it rehabs areas that you often don't use and often there is a clinical weakness in. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, the harder thing to say is when people come into my office and I say, okay, I'm recommending, for example, that you get chiropractic treatment, they'll turn around and they'll say, no, 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 I've already had chiropractic treatment. And I turn around and I say, not with my team. And that's the big difference. It's it's the outlook of the clinician and how they're doing these things. Because to just broadly say uh, clinical rehabilitation or physiotherapy doesn't know justice. We have to understand exactly what premise and what theory those things are being done on. Yeah. And that will improve uh, the prognosis if it's done properly. And that's exactly why I do what I'm doing is because I've built a team with a vision on how to go about this stuff with the best evidence care uh you know, possible. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. Steve, I see you there. Hang on, your phone calls as well. We have open lines. Would love to talk to you. You have uh, pain concerns, rehab concerns, health concerns. Bring them on the Doctor Pain Show Talk Radio AM six forty. Love talking to you. Your phone calls, getting to them as many as we can throughout the afternoon. Here, Steve. Thanks for hanging in, fella. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's your concern? Uh, about a year ago, last September, been about twenty months now. Um, I had a doctor with somebody really Um I went and had an MRI done, had all the x-rays done, and they couldn't find anything. But I have chronic pain in my neck, and I get super migraines. Um, the pain in my neck, when I put my head on my pillow, it's like it's like there's a bone that's cracked and it's opening up. Um, so I wake up a couple times a night. Anyway, I, they, they, they couldn't find anything, so they sent me to a pain specialist. And he's got me on medication that I take regularly. And now he because it's, it's still there, he's recommending that I get, uh, first it was Botox injections to help with the migraines. Now it's, he's recommending that I do um, injections that will freeze the back of my head and my neck. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of concerned about stuff like that because I, when I asked him what's, what's, what kind of side effects can happen, what, what are the, what's the downside, he said that I could have a catastrophic um, or emergency where I have to be rushed to the hospital. That's a bit of a side um, effect. <laughs> a little bit of a side effect that concerns me because I've got a six-year-old at home and I, I don't want to make things worse than they are now. They're already bad enough. Yeah, so Steve, what yeah. other treatment interventions have you done? Any type of rehab? Yeah, I went to rehab right after the accident. Um, went there for about four months. Uh, there was a lot of different things going on and they fixed pretty much every one of them, but they couldn't fix the neck and the migraines. So That's what 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 did they do for the neck? Basically, they they did um, where they they they, they my head upwards and they massaged my neck, trying to get any any because they thought it might just get a kink in a muscle or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, um, when I went back to the doctor after that, they sent me to a pain specialist who's a really good guy, mm-hmm. and the medication does help. If I if I take a, this pill before I if I feel a migraine coming on, he says take one of these pills and it works mm-hmm. um, for the most part. Um, but for the neck, it's almost like, I don't know what, I, I can't remember what medication it is, but 
He's just taking it at 7 o'clock every night, and if I take it at 7 o'clock every night, I do have a little bit of relief, but I still wake up a couple times in the night and my neck's killing me. Yeah, right. Well, you know, one of the biggest things with car accidents, especially when they affect the neck and cause the whiplash disorder, is, again, the proper rehabilitation of the right muscles. Now, the problem that often happens clinically is when we think about the neck, we think about the muscles at the back of the neck that we can actually Mm -hmm. touch. What we often don't realize with whiplash is it actually affects something called the deep neck flexor group of muscles, which are actually, if we were to rip away the throat and look at the, the front of the, of the cervical spine, that's where those muscles are. And those muscles are very, very rarely treated uh, properly clinically for, you know, one, one because it's obviously almost impossible to get there uh, because you'd have to move so many structures out of the way. And secondly, you know, patients usually just want their next kind of to be massaged. So uh, that's something that I always think is important uh, is, is if you've done proper again, proper rehabilitation uh, for a whiplash disorder, not just, you know, working on muscles to try to remove tension. That doesn't rehabilitate a muscle. That just can be uh, important in terms of temporary relief or uh, removing, uh, you know, whatever type of knot is in that muscle it's at that time. more of a Band-Aid, though, isn't it? Really? Yeah, and it also helps, you know, one of the keys with passive treatment and active treatment is you do that type of therapy followed by the rehabilitation so that your neck is healthy while you're trying to do the rehabilitation right. things. And, and then the rehab is supposed to hold, we say, hold the effect of, of the passive therapy. So in my experience, a lot of the times that's, A, what's done wrong, is that the neck is actually not rehabilitated properly, which is why uh, a lot of people get like what you have, Steve, which is uh, chronic neck pain and then some type of a headache that goes along with it. The next thing on the headache front with the migraines is starting to understand the triggers, like when it happens, which is when I always talk about headache diaries. So creating uh, something where you can specifically track uh, everything going on with relation to that. In terms of injections, because I kind of see, I guess your question is, are injections something that you should be considering? Again, the answer is it depends. It's very hard for me. There are times that I do recommend to patients, yes, injection is the option for you at this point. And then there are some times when I say, no, it's it's not the option for you yet. Um, and obviously that is much easier to, to answer in terms of an assessment uh, that I do with someone versus just generally saying as a as a broad stroke answer that yes, they're okay or no, they're not okay. I believe everything has a place in healthcare and yeah, could injections be uh, something beneficial for you? Potentially, could they be harmful? Potentially, it really depends on your clinical case that I'd have to understand further. And so if you're interested in that, we can we can have a, a consultation off air for that. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely, and I wish that you remember. Um, but where the, where the pain in my neck is, you know when your neck goes down and then it turns out into your back? Yep. It's right on the top of that spot where it turns. Right, yeah. And, and it, it literally feels like a bone. I, that's the only way I can explain it. It mm-hmm. feels like a bone it has a crack and the crack's opening up when you put your head down. Right. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I, I would love to get your number out sure. uh, so I can contact you afterwards. Yeah, yeah beautiful. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. You want to do it, John? Yeah, I'll <laughs> give, it to you, uh, give it to you right now, Steve. It's one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U one eight five 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 Doctor Lou. Very simple. For everyone else calling in, you got lots of time. Twelve thirty to talk to Doctor Lou here. Uh, you have questions, queries, pain. Bring it on four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale. Doctor Pain Show Talk Radio AM six forty. And offering free consultation as well, one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U and info at paincarecanada.com. Julie, thanks for uh, hanging on there. How are you? 
Oh, very well. Um, thank you very much for having the show. It's a, it's a boom. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Glad you like it. What, uh, what's your concern? I had damage in my back about a year ago. I'm a very active lady. I taught fitness for many years, and I want to get back to being fit. The problem is I fell about a year ago, and it didn't start showing until recently. It hurts when I wake up in the morning. Once I get moving, I move, I kind of move it out of me, and I have parts of my day that I don't even know I have back pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I get up, and it takes me a long time to get to that spot where it doesn't hurt. Hot baths help. Um, Valtrin helps. I, I use that as a product. Sometimes that helps. And it goes down into my hips. So I, being very fit, stop doing all the things I do, yoga, exercise, um, and many other things in the last year. And I feel my fitness level going down, down, down. And I'm afraid to exercise because I can push it to the point where I can actually twist my back into a very gentle yoga twist, um, not pushing anything. And I'll hear noises in my back, Mm -hmm. popping or whatever, and it feels better for a little while. Right. Um, it, this may not be good. I don't know whether it's good or not. I don't know whether I'm squeezing discs or is it okay to continue exercising gently where oh. there's no pain? Okay, or so pain? let me ask you a couple things, Julie. Number one, how old are you? I'm 66. 66, okay. I'm, I'm very slim. I, I look a little bit like um, a, a well-known person. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh my God, you look like Sally Field. Okay. Um, but my fitness level is going down and I don't want it to. Okay. And I want to go back gently, but yeah. I take charge of this. The, the x-rays gave the doctors nothing. Okay. And uh, that was my next question. So who have you seen? You've seen your family doctor about this? I and... saw a family doctor. Yep. Um, I saw another family doctor okay. and we both did x-rays. I was going from one person a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, a year ago when it actually sort of happened the most. And then I went back mm-hmm. because there was a, a, a small lump on that spot okay. under the skin. So besides I, your family doctors and the two sets of x-rays, anything else done? No, nothing else. No, nothing yeah. Else. Okay, Just so uh, yeah, oftentimes x-rays reveal very, very little relevant information about the low back. Um, okay. and, and so it's not often a good imaging it's, it's not that it's not good. It has to correlate with the person's symptoms. And so you may sometimes see incidental things on x-rays. And a lot of the times people, um, family physicians, will just kind of default and say, oh, yeah, you have a degenerative disc disease, and that's the reason for your pain. And, and the research on that is pretty clear. It's about 50-50, which means that not all the time does degenerative disc disease. In fact, 50% of the time, degenerative disc disease does not account for somebody's pain. So you have to look at it clinically. So I would say you have to First off, try, I always say the treatment intervention is based on the diagnosis. So we got to take a look at it. We got to figure out exactly what what is causing the back pain. Uh, and once we can figure that out, then that's when you can make proper recommendations on, okay, here's what you should be doing. Here's what you should be avoiding. Here are some of the th- treatment uh, options that you have, et cetera, et cetera. So back pain is... It, sits on a spectrum, but pain is, it could be due to many, many different things. On one end, it could be the benign things, you know, simple muscle strains to disc issues. And on another side, it can be red flag types of things, cancers, infections, which it doesn't sound like that's the side you're on. Now, obviously I can't be 
sure about anything over the radio, but none of the symptoms that you're describing shoot red flags out to me. They do suggest to me that you're on the benign side of the spectrum, but still being on that benign side, there's a lot of different things that could be going on wrong. And the recommendations, say, for something like a stenosis would be very different than the recommendations for, say, something like a disc herniation or for a muscle strain. And so uh, that's very important is trying to figure out exactly what the pain generating structure is. And once we can understand that, then we can understand exactly how uh, you treat it and get it better. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And also, I do trust that there is something that's not the way it used to be. Yeah, of course. Well, you know, the reality about back pain, especially the fact that it's been going on, is, you know, once you experience it, it's very unlikely that you'll ever get rid of it for sure ever again. But can you get pain down to a level that's manageable and doesn't affect your day-to-day life? Absolutely. It shouldn't be getting progressively worse. It should be something, uh, you know, that that is managed. And so it doesn't sound like this is something that's, Uh, you know, it is starting to affect your daily life, the quality of your life. Uh, And so you'd want to start reintegrating into the right things. And a lot of the times, once you have an understanding, because right now, one of the big things that you said is you're afraid to do certain things that, you know, fear comes from also not understanding exactly what's going on. So once you can have an understanding, and this is something that I really, really, really pride myself in doing with my patients, is making them understand exactly what's going on, what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing. So you eliminate that fear avoidance behavior because that fear also contributes to pain and and, and the psychological Mm -hmm. component of pain. So we have to overcome that hurdle as well. So uh, if you're interested, please give me a call or I have your number here if you leave it with our call screener and I will definitely give you a call and follow up on this. Julie, one 855 Dr. Lou, one 855 drlou is the number. Info at paincarecanada.com. Get your free consultation happening for you as well. You'll want to give us a call on the air. We'd love to talk to you. John, I see you there. Hang on, fella. We'll get to you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Dr. Payne Show, Talk Radio, AM 640. It is 1253. Dr. Payne Show, Dr. Lewis here till 1 o'clock answering your calls. Got to get to John on the line. John, g'day. How are you? Good. What's going on with you? Uh, just a brief history. Uh, male 66, not in uh, or not overweight, good shape. Four years ago, I flew to France, came back, and my arm started to throb. Right. Went to the doctor. Uh, they did the x-rays, they did the CAT scans, they did the MRI, referred me to a neurosurgeon, Dr. Michael Chapman mm-hmm. at uh, Scarborough General. Uh, he basically, this is, this is, of course, the wait, the long waiting period, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. What I was told was is I have bone spurs growing on my spine and in my neck, which are pushing into the uh, nerve centers, which is causing uh, basically problems in my arm, uh, I've lost feeling in my lower two fingers. It's dead as a doorknob. Uh, he said there's not much they can do about it. Uh, and then two years ago, my leg started to throb the same way. Mm-hmm. So again, we go through the process of you know the X-rays, mm-hmm. the MRIs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, told that I've got lower bone spurs as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in the interim, uh, Dr. Chapman had retired, so I was in the wind. And uh, my doctor had to go to send out my case to four different neurosurgeons before one would respond. And uh, basically, I, while I was in Florida last year, I saw an advertisement for the Laser Spine Clinic. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, yeah, we can have you in in two weeks. You'll be treated as an outpatient. 
uh, we can take care of that. Just send us your MRI information, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, but they did find a doctor for me up here in Canada because it's 22,000 U.S. Hello. per incision down in the States. Nice. Right. So, so they found a doctor for me, and they had an appointment for me for December the 24th of 2016. Or no, pardon me, December 14th of 2016. So I show up. I nobody. Uh, the door's locked. I knock on the door. Nobody's there. <laughs> That's not a good uh, sign. <laughs> standing there. So ten minutes later, I thought they were out for lunch. So I ten minutes later, I hear some rustling behind the door. So I knock on the door, and uh, the the lady comes. And says, "Can I help you?" I says, "Yeah, I'm here to see the doctor. She's not here." I said, uh, "Excuse me. I just drove in from Oshawa to see no, him." Right. She says, "Come on." She says, "Come in." She said, oh, your appointment's for December the 14th of 2017. No, a year early. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly, right? Your so parking would be a little high. Story short, I've started doing uh, hamstring stretches to, uh, to help tilt the pelvis back, so that's relieved the pain in my leg. Right. But the problem in my arm is getting worse. It's teasing up. Yep. I'll turn my hand a certain way, right. and I, cannot, I have to manually move it back in order to get it to work again. Yep. That sort of thing. Is there anything that can be done for the neck? I mean, I, I, I'm doing what I can for the leg, but yep. is there anything that can be done for the neck? Yeah, so when you start to get bone spurring, and, and that's essentially when we talk about degenerative disc disease, uh, this is where it becomes relevant, is that bone spurs happen uh, because as bones get closer and touch each other, they lay down calcium, and as that calcium calcifies, it becomes bone. And okay. so that's where spurring comes from. Uh, and, you know, the you know if the spurring was somewhere where it wasn't near the nerve, it wouldn't cause any issues. You wouldn't even know, right? No, you wouldn't even know. It's once it starts to abut against the nerve root or the spinal cord that you start to get the symptoms that John is describing. And John is right. There's, um, you know, with the absence of some type of neurosurgery, um, you know, there's not much that can be done. However, clinically, uh, the same way that you can find positions of relief in the low back, because depend once you understand the mechanics and the movement of the spine and you look at where those spurs are affecting the, uh, the nerve, you can understand that certain motions are going to be favorable towards eliminating the yep. symptoms and other motions are going to be unfavorable and aggravate the symptoms. And clinically, John, I'd have to answer that question by actually reviewing uh, the stuff that you have, it would be almost impossible for me to say it over the radio because I'd have to see exactly where the spurring is, where uh, what your symptoms are like clinically, and then I could make a recommendation on some things that you could do day-to-day -day that could help um, at the very least, ease your symptoms. In terms of the laser uh, spine surgery, it's not very common here in Canada, uh, so I'm not well-versed in it. I know in the States that, you know, they're advertising that you can get in and out, like you said, in a week or two weeks, yeah. And uh, but there's a big price tag to it. Um, and so... You know, in the absence of, of surgery to remove the spurring and remove the pressure, uh, there are some type of mechanical things that can be done. But again, I would have to assess it uh, from the imaging that you have available to be very specific on that. So, uh, you know, we have your number or call one 55 drlou Leave me a, a message with your name and number. I'll get back to you now. And that goes for anybody listening. Yep, free consultations. Uh, free consultations. Yep. Just call me, leave me a number. You don't have to come in. We can have a conversation over the phone about anything you've got going on. You can call at any time. I'll get back to you within 48 hours. Again, one eight five 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 five. doctor Lou. We'll get to uh, Paul here quickly before break. Hey, Paulie. Oh, hi. How are you doing? I'm very good. I'll make it that quick. Four years ago, I was T-boned on the job. Mm -hmm. uh, passenger, um, my first symptom was um, a numbness in the right arm uh, with concussion syndrome. Two years of uh, severe agony of headaches and just with con concussion. 
It's been mm-hmm. four years now. I never suffered any neck pain. They're saying it's uh, facet joint damage, C1, C2. But now uh, what aggravates headaches is like stress, lack of sleep. I don't know if I'm still going through a concussion. Now, this has been settled in court. It's all been settled, all said and done. And my work has me on light duties that they don't really bother me at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, however, it is that I'm trying to get, I'm 57. So that was the key symptom was severe headaches for two years, trouble sleeping. I'm on a sleep apnea machine after the injury. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, uh, I lost a lot of muscle mass due to the lack of the weightlifting. Yeah. So, uh, the chief complaint here is uh, headaches. Right. Uh, uh, lack of sleep, severe stress, and um, with facet joint damage, C1, C2, I don't know what else I can do. The specialist therapist really worked my neck a lot. Mm-hmm. And I have restricted motion, and again, in the neck. I've been hearing a lot of neck situations on your on your show yeah what else can be done i'm 57 three years before i retire and i work in the emergency medical field right yeah so so again i i would have to again take a look at it to give very specific answers in terms of what can specifically be done uh for your case one thing that i can tell you from a concussion standpoint after these accidents is that the vestibular rehabilitation uh, for concussion-based symptoms is often done very poorly because it's not taken into consideration proper, and and this may not be the case with what you had done, but as a general uh, rule of kind of what I see is that, you know, people often focus on the neck component and they Mm -hmm. forget to focus on the the hearing and the eye component of the vestibular system, and that becomes equally important. So I would say the best answer in terms of what can specifically be done for you, and this goes kind of for everybody when you're thinking about specific Specifically, come in, come see me. Let's you let's bet. take a look at it. I will get you in very quickly. Everything will be on time. Full hour. We'll go through everything, uh, and then I can make those specific recommendations. And and if I think there's something else that can be done, uh, obviously I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to point you in the right direction. One eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L U is the number to uh, call. Get that consultation happening. Free consultation. Info at paincarecanada.com. And if you're thinking of calling in here to the station to ask Dr. Lou a question over the next few minutes, this is the uh, time you want to do it. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Dr. Payne Show, talk radio, AM 640. All righty, 1254, hello. Time shift. (laughs) We got a couple in here. Grace. Hi. Hi. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. What's going on with you? Okay, so um, long story short, I was having debilitating back pain and... um, a doctor said, just go across the street to the walk-in clinic. Uh, went to the walk-in clinic. They did some blood work. Okay. And um, told me that I had lupus. I said, okay. Just uh, this was the walk-in clinic told you that? Uh, the walk-in clinic sent me to, recommended I go to a doctor, uh, a rheumatologist. Okay, yeah. The rheumatologist uh, said I had lupus. Okay. Um, I said, okay. Um, a year and a half later, they're still testing. The test is positive. But I don't know why it's not. It's weird. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, um, the I've, I've heard that I have a degenerative disc in my lower back. Right. I also heard that I uh, rheumatoid arthritis, and I haven't had a complete positive on the lupus as yet. Now okay. the the pain in my back it gets to the point where I literally cannot move. Mm-hmm. My con- my question and my confusion is that with this degenerative disc, I'm not sure I understand it. Does that mean that 
what's causing the pain is just going to get worse until I can't walk. Um, I'm just very confused about what is actually wrong with me sure. and how is lupus uh, affiliated with it. Yep. Um, today was a particularly difficult day. It took me about three or four hours before I was physically mobile. So, so sorry to interrupt, Grace. You also mentioned something about rheumatoid arthritis. They've diagnosed you with that as well? Uh, my family doctor said I have rheumatoid arthritis. Okay. Well, it should be a rheumatologist telling you that. So let's start with degenerative disc disease. What degenerative disc disease is, if we were look at, to look at a model spine, there's there's vertebrae, and in between two vertebrae, there's a disc. Um, there should be, discs are, you know, the best analogy that I give everybody is they're kind of like a jelly-filled donut, okay? And they just really are meant to absorb shock. As we go through life naturally, as we get older, even at 20, 30 years old, you don't have to be very old, those discs start to lose the amount of hydration that they have. What happens then is the vertebrae start to get a little bit closer. That's what we call degenerative disc disease. It's the same thing that we would use in any joint. So if we looked at the knee and we looked at the joint space and the joint space was a little bit less than what we would assume is normal in a healthy person, we would say that that's degenerative joint disease. Mm -hmm. In the spine, we say disc because it's a disc instead of a joint whatever but that's all that that term means is that those that disc is a little bit um are the two bones are a little bit more approximated than what we would hope for in an ideal scenario now as i was talking to other the other uh, caller about is degenerative disc disease is often not overly important clinically having said that when you look at wear and tear on the spine and at any joint I always tell people you can look at two types of arthritis. You can look at osteoarthritis, which is the wear and tear, the normal stuff that we all go through. But then there's a whole other class of arthritis called the autoimmune sector, which is kind of the the realm that it sounds like you're dealing in if people are telling you things like lupus and uh, and rheumatoid arthritis, which are autoimmune disorders. Autoimmune disorders means that th your immune system is attacking your body, and in turn, your body is attacking things like your joints. And so now what would become important for me is to understand is is the degeneration that you're facing related to the autoimmune insult that you're having on your body, or is it just the normal wear and tear? Uh, and it sounds like, you know, a lot of the things that you're being told, those types of things, lupus and, and rheumatoid arthritis, should be getting diagnosed by a rheumatologist. It's not really something that uh, a family doctor should necessarily be saying. They should be sending it to a rheumatologist to make that final call. But you know, is this something that, you know, you may not, like you said, be able to walk from one day? It's it's very hard to say. Again, I would have to understand, is the degeneration that you're facing just due to normal wear and tear? Or is it as a result of the autoimmune issues that are going on in your body? And so other testing would start to point us in the right direction. So things like a bone scan would look for inflammation in specific joints. And that would indicate that maybe it's not just normal wear and tear, but actually an inflammatory process going on. So, um, you know, give me a call, Grace. Let's let's go through this. This is a perfect example of of a consultation and then moving towards the assessment uh, where we can definitely take a look at this, see what's going on, and help make the right uh, recommendations for care. And and that's open to anybody that's listening. Another good week, pal. one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, info at paincarecanada.com. We will be going two hours starting at... Uh, I guess 11 next weekend, right? That's right Dr. Yep. Payne, show back next weekend. Talk radio, AM 640.